In the famous words of Elastigirl from The Incredibles, you need to be more flexible. Or maybe not. Let's get started. And they are going to win! Pierre Gasly wins the Italian Grand Prix! Three cars going wheel to wheel as Perez is caught by Charles Leclerc and his three cars gone off! It's a DNF for MAX! The world championship record is equaled. Lewis Hamilton, seven-time champion of the world! That's good. I like that. That's a good Thank reference. You. Yeah, thank I, I wasn't you, expecting that. No, I, I literally came up with it uh, a few moments before we started, but I thought, you know, flexible, flexi wing, you know, kind of links. But, Excellent um, transition as well. Thank you. It's almost thank like you doing this for a living. Oh, no, I know, right? Yeah. But um, yes, it's just the two of us today, isn't it, Tristan? The the other two, Liv and um, Angus, who I suppose only the sort of retro fans will properly remember, are away. So for the first time, I believe, ever in... Um, the series and indeed the podcast existence it is just the two of us for 30 minutes just hopefully. the two of us yeah, i know well unfortunately try. it's holiday season and uh lives lives away on holiday oh lucky live eh yeah rest yeah, of us very are jealous <laughs> yeah rest of us can't go away yet so um yeah and uh angus will be back soon as well i'm sure yes C- come the come the proper summer of july i'm sure he'll uh he'll return to bring in his his niche knowledge yeah, I know. I've missed the I missed welcome. the nuggets of information that just get drip fed our way, as he remembers yes, yeah. a fact. That he, so um, yeah, it will be it'll be nice to have live back next week, um, and Angus back in the in the near future. So if you're wondering where they are, if you're wondering where Angus is, because he would promise you be back, <laughs> he is back. He's a uh, he's he is somewhere. He's still um, alive. Yeah. And normal normal programming will resume next week. So it's just me and Tom this week, I'm afraid. Yeah. You're very welcome. <laughs> so last year it was um, Racing Point's rear brake ducts, uh, the pink Mercedes as it was called, as well as Mercedes dual axis steering that was the big controversy of 2020. And this year it's the flexi wing that's causing all the trouble in the paddock. What have you made of this sort of uh, off-track soap opera so far? Well, I think the, the, the thing that's being bandied around quite a lot is Article 3.8. Um, mm. I won't be the first nor the last to raise this up, and I'm sure we'll come, uh, we'll, we'll hear this more in on uh, on Sunday, or actually rather from from Friday um, when they're discussing this going into Baku. But Article 3.8 of the uh, technical regulations dictate that all components of the influencing car's aerodynamic performance, such as the, the front and rear wings, right, they have to be rigidly secured to the entirely sprung part of the car. So. The idea being that this this material can't bend. You can't have a really, really bending material. I think um, it would be daft to have a really, really bending material because then at high speeds, what it could do is bend and then change the aerodynamic performance. Now, there are some great videos and articles on this, and I don't really want to just start spewing like the, the technical regs as it's, it's been done to death. But one of the things that is really intriguing to me is, is how you can have a material that... When you put a a, um, a weight on it, because it's how they test it, they put a weight and see how much it deflects. Right, it can mm. pass that test really easily. But then on the on the flip side of that, when it's when it's being you know, where the car is going down straight at 180 odd kilometers an hour plus, it, it it bends just enough that it takes a couple of tenths of off the um, a second off. And um, it was Hamilton who said. Oh well, when when Red Bull are going down the straights, they've got this wing that deflects and takes a few tenths off a second off. So it felt like this was 
not necessarily something maybe he was saying, um, and rather mm. it was coming out from from Mercedes, and then they were using L- Lewis to sort of introduce the idea of of Mercedes having a problem with this. But it's important to highlight, I think, that the car did pass the tests, yeah. and it, it irritates me slightly that there's a clause in the um, technical regulations that says that they are allowed to introduce new tests if 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 they want to. Basically, under yeah. the FIA has the ability to. Uh, to introduce further load deflection tests. And so what they're going to do now is they're going to mark 12 points of the wing and then using high-speed cameras, see if it deflects. I, I kind of don't like that because mm-hmm. I feel it's a bit cheeky that Mercedes had their the wheel angle changing system, right? Um, and when that got picked up on, on the cameras, the FIA says, well, yeah, we we, uh, we we that's kind of not allowed, but we'll keep it for this year. Mm-hmm. Like, well, why aren't these clauses in everything? You know, you're not allowed to change the angle of the wheels using a mechanical system, but the FIA holds the right to change this rule if someone comes out, you know, comes up with a way to fit, to to work around this. It's irritating. Regulations should be a set load of regulations, and especially in Formula One, where you do have so much ingenuity, it annoys me that if Red Bull have come up with a way to counter Mercedes dominance, <laughs> the FIA are going to be like, wow, we reserve the right to change that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and for those who don't know, so how it works essentially is on the straights when you want your car to be more aerodynamic and flatter and to reduce the drag, the, the wing literally bends back slightly um, to sort of increase the car's straight line speed. And then when it comes to the corners, when you need more sort of downforce to make sure you're sharper on the corners, you have the ability to slow down quickly and effectively without crashing, etc. It basically pops back up to its original um, sort of state um, and you've got to say really from a sort of engineering perspective I, I, I wouldn't sort of pretend to be uh, a master of engineering by any stretch of the imagination but it is quite impressive that they've been able to do this and it's it may, it's made me think why hasn't it been attempted before and been successful this almost seems like a problem uh, or should I say a, a debate or controversy which I think is should probably have been bounding around for multiple years prior, but there we go. But um, I do agree with you when you say that they're almost rewriting the rules sort of mid-season the FA, and I understand that they you know have the ability to do that, but it's past the test, so it's legal. But if it's not legal, then surely Red Bull should be disqualified from the entire championship um, from now, essentially. So like with all things when it comes to Formula One, it seems to be the FIA have tried to sort of find a, a happy halfway house and it's sort of resulted in no one being very happy. But I didn't realise this until I started researching that um, uh, Red Bull aren't the only constructor that are sort of indulging in this practice of aeroelasticity, as it's being called. Ferrari, Alfa Romeo, and to an extent Alpine have also said, you know, we're also making our, our rear wings slightly bendy, if you, if you will, to help with our straight line speeds. Um, so it's not just Red Bull, but we're now going to have new tests on, I think, June 20th, just before um, just before France, obviously uh, the French Grand Prix, sorry. Obviously Mercedes are quite unhappy about this being delayed because they wanted it to happen before this weekend, before Baku, because they said to themselves, or you know, Toto Wolff has said to the world, in fact, that this new flexi wing that um, uh, Red Bull and others have will result in them gaining, and he says, six tenths per lap, which is huge if true. Um, so in my view, it's it's Mercedes panicking 
uh, at this stage. They, I, th- I think they're very rattled from the the failure at Monaco. Granted, they didn't expect to win sort of one two and to and to sort of throw away any any prospect of competition from others. But they didn't expect to have a DNF in a seventh, and Baku having such long straights. Um, being a, a track where they dominated back in 2019, it makes sense why they're wanting the test now. And, and they say they're willing to protest um, if the flexi wing is able to be used you know, this weekend, which it will, because there's there's nothing to suggest that it will be banned. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's shades of last year. It's, it's one team saying, no, you can't do this. The other one saying, oh, well, technically we can, because the FI have, have, have said we can. And it's just rumbled on and rumbled on until something else has replaced it, really. Yeah, and I, I draw attention. I draw back the uh, comparison to DAS. And and there was the same sort of thing going on at the beginning of last year when we saw that they had this toe angle changing system. And Mercedes said, well, you know, you should have come up with this yourself. And mm. we said, yeah, you've got great engineers there who have worked on this system. And wow, isn't it a shame that no one else has come up with this? And the FIA said, yeah, it is a shame no one has come up with this. You're not allowed mm. to have it next year, though. Done. And that was the end yeah. of it. And throughout the season, we saw Mercedes being able to do things like warm up their tyres more effectively mm-hmm. by being able to rotate the tyres uh, through the toe axis. Um, and also we saw them being able to pull away on the straights and whatnot and, and have this incredible advantage. And I do think it's interesting that this sort of covers the same area, really, right? You know, there mm. is these regulations that say you can't do something and these are movable things. And it, it screams to me, really, of sort of a bit of hypocrisy um, yeah. and a double standard. At the end of the day, Mercedes missed out on this one. It, it Mercedes do have flexi front wings they just didn't do yes. it on the back ones so you yes. know they're not necessarily all innocent in all this and i think you're right i think mercedes is panicking a bit i think they are they are protesting this and the protest isn't actually that important a protest is just a f- a formal way of saying we we don't like this it's not it's quite expected that teams protest other teams things uh it would be daft if they didn't and it's just a it, it doesn't really have a stigma to it. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think I think Mercedes are going to be on the back foot going into Baku uh, unless the FIA, for some reason, says they're not allowed to have this flexible wing and introduces it very, very early. But to be honest, it's it, they've got one week left and it'll be too late now to change the system. But if I'm honest, I, think the, I do think it's a half-baked solution just to say, well, then we're going to introduce new tests. Mm-hmm. I think it's massively time-consuming, a waste of money, and all this engineering ingenuity that's gone into this is just down the pan. And when we're talking about a, a sport that really pushes engine technology, aerodynamic performance, wheel technology, braking technology, everything. When you're when you're talking about the pinnacle of motorsports, yeah. to waste the to waste it like this is just it's just daft. I mean, I would have been annoyed if they banned DAS and they didn't. So why are they mm. banning this? It's just. Yeah, Mercedes has missed out. So what? You know, if that hits them and they they lose the championship for it, well then that isn't that supposed to isn't that supposed to be how it works? Uh, mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah, and and I think to be fair, the solution they came to with DAS, where ultimately they could use it for this season, but then it would be banned. I think pretty much everyone on the paddock was like, oh okay, fair enough, we can we can agree to that. But with this solution, where they're 
rewriting you know the regulations the rules and you've got Christian Horner you've got Ferrari you've got Alfa Romeo etc saying if you want us to basically stiffen our rear wings then that will cost us half a million which in in of itself when you consider that the the budget cost of every team is 145 million dollars uh, it's you know it's a drop in the ocean, but when you consider that Mercedes have pulled out of the new Pirelli tire testing uh, very recently on financial grounds, it shows you sort of how closely many teams are flying to that budget cap to the to the wind ultimately, and you know from going how close they are to potentially violating the cap that was then brought in after 2020 um, due to COVID. So I do think you know. The FIA getting involved as they have and saying what they have so far, I don't want to speculate too much, but I fear this could seriously implicate the how the season end, ends up, who wins, who loses, who comes first and second. What What do you think? I think if the FIA ban this, they would be dictating a bit more about who wins and who loses, and I don't like that. There is precedence in the past for not banning this sort of stuff because... They missed it. That's it. The the, the FIA, the rule makers, and it feels like there has been a history of 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 the FIA trying to ban mechanical moving of aerodynamics or humans moving the aerodynamics, and so the end result is by dumping in this clause of the FIA reserves the rights to put on more testing, and well, then you're changing the goalposts. I suppose. <laughs> I don't know, it'd be like, if for a football analogy, it would be a bit like in penalties, England losing it being like the uh, the English football team reserves the right to increase the amount of rounds we're doing by by one. Ah, we've got another chance. That sort of thing. You, you, you go into this knowing the rules and then I, it, it's so daft to suddenly start changing the goalposts. I don't like it. I really don't. I think you're right. I absolutely think, you know, the F... The FIA is going to be then setting a bit more of a standard about who they want to win because they can then play God, if you like, and decide that they want this to be banned fully for the whole season. And this piece of ingenuity, well, that's okay for for this season, not next time. And then this one is, is fine because it's, you know, within the rules at the moment. So, yeah, I, I don't like it, to be honest. I think Red Bull have done well. And it's not just me sitting here and going, well, I want someone else to win the world championship because I've sat here also and defended Lewis Hamilton's brilliance in driving and also Mercedes ingenuity. So it, 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 this is coming from a standpoint of I like to play by the rules and I don't like it if when you don't know what the rules are going to be when you go into it. And so the FIA should take the correct approach and say, we don't like this like what they did with DAS this is a change in the aerodynamics we are going to be from next year putting in this new test with the new 12 markers and the high speed cameras and this is a way we're going to prevent this from happening in the future if you don't like it then you know you can suck it up and go off to a different sport or whatever but I just don't like it (laughs) imagine being the poor sod who developed this great great wing (laughs) and was like guys look it bends backwards and then they're like no not for you not allowed to use it you're like well okay what's the point then i'll Mm. go to indycar yeah so so what do you think will happen though when it comes to the flexi wing do you think we'll just see this sort of carrying on where 
there's a solution where no one's happy and it eventually no one talks about it anymore? Or do you think the FIA will change their tune uh, in one direction or the other? I think the I think the result is going to be that they're going to introduce this new test in France. And Mercedes won't like it because it's coming in quite late, especially as, well, we'll come on to Baku soon, but um, especially as they don't want to miss out in Baku. And mm. I think they are, uh, Mercedes will say, this is a great decision that they're introducing this new test. And I think Red Bull's wing and Mercedes wing and Ferrari's wing will all pass this brand new test, but it won't be as bendy. It won't be as flexy. And that'll be it. They will have introduced the new test. The F1 teams will have had to adapt to that by spending lots of money and I don't think anything more will be said really after that because there's nothing you can do I think it's a real shame and I don't like it but it's going to get changed I mean I don't know whether or not you disagree with me no no I think you're right I think we're probably going to see a lot of this uh, continued soap opera off the track uh, and it's going to come probably to a solution where it slightly hampers Red Bull but not you know significantly enough for their wing to be completely rigid and completely stiffened as as Mercedes would like it and then whatever way the championship goes which you know we're seeing now we're in a proper fight for who's going to win the drivers and constructors championship there's going to be grumblings for I think months you know a year or two to to go where people are going to go oh well I'm I'm not too happy with how that ended if you're if you're a Red Bull um, employee uh, and you've just lost the championship, or vice versa with Mercedes. I suppose similar in many ways to um, the the controversy. I believe it was in two thousand and eight when McLaren were disqualified from the constructors, um, but not the 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 drivers because obviously Hamilton won it um, with McLaren. Um, but you come to a solution where it's it's tinged with controversy, but eventually everyone just forgets about it and it moves on and. Leaves a bit of a bitter taste in one mouth, but not so much in the other, really. But um, yeah, that's my view. So yes, let's uh, let's preview the race weekend coming up. Uh, we're going to Baku to Azerbaijan, as we said, to a power circuit where there's lots of straights and uh, very few slow, twisty, turny, bendy corners like there are in Monaco. So. We missed uh, Baku in 2020 owing to the pandemic, uh, so we'll have to go back all the way to 2019 to sort of get a glimpse, really, of what we might see you know, two years down the line, you know, at the weekend coming up. So qualifying ended with um, Bottas first, Hamilton second, Vettel, uh, Verstappen, Perez, and then it ended Bottas, Hamilton, Vettel, Verstappen, Leclerc. So um, can we take anything from that, do you think? Uh, 2019 Christ. those were the days I know this was the, the I think I think to, in, in my mind I, a bit like how we have um, BC and AD yeah I mean, we got yeah. we got um, post pandemic PP and BP <laughs> before it, pandemic it does feel like that yeah so 2019 like BP um, I don't think so I mean firstly this was a really interesting qualifying because Bottas beat um, Hamilton and God, Sebastian Vettel back in, I suppose this was the the glory, the last of the glory days for for Seb Vett in uh, the Ferrari. Now, I I don't think we can because the, the the Mercedes was pretty dominant in that race, and especially going into this season, we can see that there is some serious catching up between um, Red Bull and and Mercedes, as we've we've spoken about in the last ten episodes. So no, I I'm going into this this race completely blind i guess um mm. i i really do hope that red bull can give 
uh, the Mercedes a run for the money. Yeah. Baku, it's in my mind, is a fantastic race. I love the fact that we go from Monaco, where it's a street circuit <laughs> and it's slow and he can't overtake and it's rubbish, to Baku. And Baku has been brilliant. I said it's the very few races where when if I'm not watching it live, I record it with, with plus time because we've had red flags in the past there. We have these twisty tight sections that go into long straights and then a massively fast last sector you know where we've had some fantastic highlights before where where Lance Stroll was being caught up um, and then eventually overtaken by Bottas in the Mercedes and at all we have you know the 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 memories of the Red Bull collision mm-hmm. between yeah. Well, Max Verstappen and Daniel Ricciardo. It seems like Baku is the place to be after Monaco, and I, I I'm so excited for it. I lo- I'm so gutted we missed out on Azerbaijan back in 2020. Um, and it'd be really nice this feeling of of going home, <laughs> back to a yeah. good street circuit. It's a shame Monaco was was a bit rubbish this year, so I'm I'm hoping we've had the bad luck there, and we're going to go to to Baku and have this fantastic race. If this is your first season watching Formula One, ignore Monaco as a street circuit. Monaco is is a, an outlier in its performance, and you know talking to my friends and family who are watching the race this weekend who haven't seen it before, this is going to be such a shock of what a street circuit can be like. This and Singapore are great examples of, of street circuits that work really really well so no we can't take anything from 2019 2019 was well the performance difference in the cars is crazy it was a another era another age i think of formula one and what formula one means um Mm. i i think we're gonna have well i would like it to be a real close fight between uh the mercedes and the red bull i think the red bull might well do really well around this circuit especially with their the speed increase they've got but then saying that, Mercedes is predicted to do quite well. Red Bull has already said they think Mercedes is going to do really well. But then Mercedes is hampered by not having a DAS. Imagine if they had DAS yeah. going around this circuit. They would have been absolutely flying. So, haha, mm-hmm. they don't. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And then, and then on the <laughs> other hand of that, right, we've got, we've got the fantastic performance of McLaren and, and how fast yep. they are. Or what about... Uh, Alpha Tauri, we know they're really fast. Um, Ferrari, you know, are pretty good in a straight line as well. So the only team I think I'm going to do very well is has to be honest. Um, <laughs> I think it's going to be a real challenge for some of the young drivers. I think Yuki Tsunoda, Nikita Mazepin, and Schumacher are going to have a have a bit of a challenge, not making some of the mistakes that other drivers, other new drivers, have made. It's really easy, especially when you go up towards the castle in the Baku. There's a there's a very tight sort of uh, drive up a hill and then you take a right hand side. Now there's been plenty of collisions there between teammates, for example, when the two Force India cars collided because there's not enough room and and so you, I think I think if none of the rookie drivers crash, I think it'd be a real big surprise because Baku is as unforgiving as Monaco in terms of. If you make a mistake, you're going to crunch it into a wall and ruin basically your race. There's no runoff area, mm-hmm. except you're going much faster than Monaco. Yeah, I, I still really can't believe this is the fifth time we're going to go to Tobacco to have a Grand Prix. The first one, 
uh, a look when sort of you know doing research for this was in 2016, mm. and I think the fact that I thought this dated back to you know 2012 and beyond really is a testament to how great uh, of an addition this circuit has been to the calendar. Like all the sort of you know unexpected uh, results we've seen, Stroll doing so well uh, would be a good example of that. But I, I was really surprised to see that this is not only a sort of a, a fan's favourite or a driver's favourite when it comes to Bottas, as we saw insofar that he outqualified Hamilton in 2019 and beat him there as well. But this is a real favourite for Sergio Perez. Um, he's been here, as I say, four times. He's finished third um, on two occasions. The lowest he's ever finished is sixth, and he's DNF'd once. So... That is quite a record when you consider he was in that sort of Force India car, uh, as well as the, the the racing point that sort of succeeded it, I guess. So I, I really am looking at those two drivers when it comes to who's going to uh, surprise, who's going to be the kingmaker, if you will, because... Let's say Bottas does very well and Hamilton's back on his A game, then you know it's advantage Mercedes, but then vice versa if Perez keeps up his great form from uh, from 2018 when he when he got third, uh, you know sixth in 2019 isn't bad at all. If he has a as a great performance and continues the sort of momentum he had uh, from Monaco, then hey, it's advantage Red Bull, and um, we could see them pushing and extending their advantage further. On Mercedes, so that's that's going to be a really interesting one. But um, as you say, there could be so many winners uh, further down, or maybe even getting onto the podium. McLaren would be an obvious example. They've got an incredibly fast car, and Norris, for one, is um, coming into this uh, Grand Prix after you know a great Monaco Grand Prix. Um, and a few weeks ago, I remember I predicted that Ferrari would do awfully at, I believe it was uh, Imola, because of how many sort of uh, fast straights this uh, circuit had. I sort of said, ah, oh, they're going to do so badly, and scoffed at the idea that they would do well at any form of power circuit. But um, I, I do I do fancy Ferrari here to to upset the pack. I'm not sure what that would what that would look like in, in practice, but I think if you have Sainz and Leclerc acting like they have been driving as they have been in so far. They've been very consistent and um, haven't really let uh, one fall back too far or one go to sort of too far ahead in terms of performance. I think it could really pose a threat to um, uh, to Norris if once again Daniel Ricciardo is, is nowhere to be seen. Um, but then again, Sainz and Bonotto have said, you know, everyone, let's let's chill out. We, we had a great Monaco, but realistically, this could be a sort of a crush back down to earth. So I don't know if that's playing mind games or that's trying to sort of cool expectations or what that is. But um, I do fancy Ferrari to have a very good weekend. But I do fear, on the other hand, for someone like Aston Martin and indeed Alpine, who I believe um, Ocon said the car performed like a, a snail or a slug or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. So. It's not. It's not ideal when you look at that sort of uh, the length and the breadth of that um, of that start finish stroke. But um, incredibly exciting for sure. And uh, I feel this could really, this could really. I, well, I, I don't want to say decide it because it's far too early to be saying that. But this could really um, uh, give us more clarity in in terms of who's going to be finishing where in the constructors and drivers championship. Um, as I say. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And if I was the teams, if you. Uh... If you think back to Monaco, I think I'd play it a bit like that. Now, 
this, as I say, this moniker was unusual. There was no safety car, but Baku's history implies there's going to be a safety car or a virtual safety car. So mm. I'm I'm expecting teams to to start looking at their own strategies and evolve it quite readily within the race. Given that it might be an idea to keep your car out a bit longer and then count on there being a safety car and and get the pit. Um, get well basically a free pit stop and this is one of those times where it's a it's a track where it does throw up these sort of i suppose inconveniences for for some teams but also it, there are these great opportunities to to really capitalize on that so I, for, for teams that perhaps wouldn't be expecting to get onto the onto the podium mm. i think think back a little bit to monza when uh the late well the really late pit stop for uh racing point for stroll put him in well, front. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So we're, I'm, I'm really hoping to see something like this. So on one hand, I'm really excited for a battle between Red Bull and Mercedes. But on the other hand, I would love it if, I don't know, we had some sort of mental mess up. I, I suppose when we're, when we're on Twitter going, who's going to blink first? You know, Red Bull's going to come in and then Mercedes will cover them. And then literally mm. just after those two teams go, there's going to be a massive safety car. And then every other team gets... Um, <laughs> You know, let's say that I don't know. One of, there's this minor crash somewhere. Everyone's okay, but uh, safety car means everyone else gets a free pit stop, and then it's Red Bull, Mercedes. Who's going to get to the front? Which I think would be even more exciting because nice. yeah, yeah. that would be crazy. So fingers crossed, we get some glorious mix-up in the race that would allow I don't know Haas to get in front. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> like Haas just find themselves at the front. Like, oh, how do we get here or whatever? <laughs> and, and or you know, fight between. Pierre Gasly and um, Lando Norris—that would be you know, something like that as well. Mm. So yeah, I, I'm. I, this is Baku. Baku is a bit crazy. Other than 2019, I think when when you had sort of Valtteri Bottas and, and Lewis Hamilton in the front, it, it, it's thrown up some pretty strange results or or rather exciting races. Even if Mercedes get onto the podium, I think when when the, the Mercedes was chasing down Lance Stroll, yeah, we have some crazy things in the past. So yeah, this will. Well, I don't want to say this is going to be one not to miss, but let's hope it's going to be one not to miss. And when we when we do next have a catch up, and we're talking about it, let's let's hope this will go down as a, as a classic because we've had some good races this year. Let's hope that Monaco wasn't a sign of of well things to come in in usually relatively exciting time races. Mm. I mean, I think you're absolutely right. It's got all the ingredients of a very exciting Grand Prix. But um, as you say, here's hoping that uh, the fact that we've uh, had a break in terms of a year hasn't clouded our, our our version of events when it's come to prior races and what we can expect. But um, I think really, as you say, it's it's anyone's to, to play for, really. And um, we could very well see some surprises. Let's say, as you say, Williams could could score a cheeky little point here if all things um, sort of blow in their direction. So um, exciting stuff. Hopefully it doesn't disappoint. And so ends another episode of F1 and Review. Just the two of us in this episode to talk you through the flexi-wing controversy and indeed the preview for the upcoming Grand Prix in Azerbaijan at Baku. Baku will start on the 4th that being the Friday and continue all the way to Sunday the 6th as normal and that's pretty much it and then we'll be back next week to talk about what happened what didn't happen and what we expect to happen moving forwards until next time thank you very much for listening <laughs>